0: By Simmons. Is this the <laughs> Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Least podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua and joined by my co hosts, Giuseppe and Daniel. Boys, the Leafs beat the Anaheim Ducks in a shootout. Let's get to our initial reactions before we get through the rundown. Daniel, let's start with you. What are your first thoughts on uh, this uh, Leafs win at home?
1: Uh, I think the team as a whole had a great game. The uh, the Stars were on fire. I think two points for each of the big four, plus our number one defenseman, Morgan Riley got on the board with one assist. Uh, overall, the Leafs were clearly the dominant team. Campbell led in a few shaky ones. Gave the Ducks a point that they didn't really deserve too much. But luckily, the Leafs walked away with the two points, which is uh, well, well deserved for this game. Didn't get to catch too much of it. Saw most of the highlights because I was out on the pond for three hours. actually ended up getting frostbite on my feet, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, from what I saw in the highlights, looked like a great game, great game for the Leafs. But yeah, Campbell definitely needs to get back in his right headspace once that starts happening. They're going to be flying through these games, flying through these teams.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dan. The Leafs were the dominant team. It showed on the shots. It showed on the score. I do think Anaheim put in one or two lucky goals, but regardless, it's the sport. Sometimes you'll get lucky. Sometimes you won't. But it was good to see the big players shining. The power play was on fire. And yeah, it was a very exciting game to watch.
0: All right, so Sam Steele opened up the scoring for the Anaheim Ducks. Then Mitch Marner scored his 10th of the year on the power play, uh, followed by William Nylander scoring his 17th of the season, also on the power play. Then John Tavares got his 16th of the year, also on the power play, which is the Leafs' third goal coming from the special teams unit in this one. Then Jakob Silverberg scored for the Anaheim Ducks to make it 3-2. And then Vinny Letary tied it up uh, 3-3 in the middle frame of the third. Uh, then Jason Spezza, you know, one of for us in the shootout. It was kind of a game that was all over the place. Um, sorry. Uh,
1: AM 34, one of for us in the shootout. I think.
0: Yes. Not spets Um, I'm just, uh, I'm in love with that Spezza goal. It keeps coming back to my head.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, it's just like technical go-to. It's my favorite move. That's the only bright spot about the shootout. You know, that's one thing I look forward to is seeing Spets' go to backhand. Um, but you know, I think the Leafs, this was not a game where when they blew the lead that like you could be frustrated with like they were clearly the better team they were dominant two goals on 10 shots on Campbell was uh kind of you know the difference maker in this one unfortunately and you know that was something we noticed with Freddie last year uh, and he got criticized a lot for that was you know the Leafs in that Canadian division would dominate most play and then Freddie would kind of have you know a leaky game where he'd give up three goals and like 13 shots and it'd be tough for the Leafs to bounce back from that. So, you know, uh, Campbell's had a really good season. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. Campbell's really blown me away this year in terms of what like the standard I'd set from. Um, I didn't expect this season coming at all. I don't think anybody really did. You know, he's a veteran goaltender. He was drafted in the first round by the Dallas stars, but he really hasn't had a first round caliber NHL career as a goaltender. Um, but, you know, he really found his footing this year. He's been solid. But, you know, I I'm I, like I've said from day one of this podcast, I'm not 100% a Campbell guy. I love his positivity and his attitude and all that stuff off the ice. 100% I love. Uh, I just don't know that with his play, like, if this is a guy that, you know, is going to lead us to the Stanley Cup. And I know that's a, a hot topic in Leafland because, you know, Jack Campbell is such a fan favorite. But, you know, we're starting to see now with the save percentage going down. And, yes, he is slumping hard. And I'm not being a hater. I, you know, I said I was a Freddie Anderson fan, but um, Jack Campbell, he has amazed me this year. He's been probably my favorite player outside the big four all season long. You know, he's so fun to watch. That save he made against Colorado was one of my favorite saves of all time. And uh, the way he's been able to embrace our Toronto media here and, you know, the, the impact he has on our community. I love him for that, but I just don't know if he's going to be my number one going forward. Uh, what do you guys think? Because I know you guys both like Campbell too.
2: Yeah, Josh, I I agree and disagree with you on some levels. Like He has surpassed, I think, everyone's expectations coming off of a backup role last year and playing a vast majority of the games this year. I am impressed with him. Uh, but like you said, this is like really his first big shot at showing what he's got as a first round goalie and you know maybe the amount of games he's playing is getting to him you know I, I have no idea what goalies go through but I do think there's gonna have to be a good mix with him and Morazic to kind of make a deeper push in the playoffs but yeah that's just my take on it Dan what do you think I think
1: 1,000% Campbell has the skill and the talent to bring this team to the Stanley Cup Finals. The only problem with him, and I've stressed it a bunch, is you never know what you're going to get with him the night of a game. So, like, he could play outstanding. Like, his top caliber, like, the way we know he can play and the way um, we've all seen him play, he can be lights out and save us a game. But there are some nights where you can tell he's a little off, like he's just uh, maybe overthinking or something. And he'll let in a couple softies and that'll get to him a little bit. So once he gets in his right headspace, and if he can figure out a way to just to just relax and play consistently the way he can play game in, game out, 1,000% of this guy can lead us to a Stanley Cup final. No doubt.
0: Well, my concern to delegate that is, you know, Jack Campbell hasn't had the bulk of work, um, you know, in his re- on his resume. And that was something I talked about on the first ever episode when we were speaking about the Mrazek signing. Um, both these goalies aren't really, you know, guys that you look down the line here and say, well, this guy could play 60. This guy could play 50. Like we saw last year with Campbell, he had these sporadic starts where, you know, he was incredible. But then he wouldn't show up to practice. He would have maintenance days, and you know it didn't look like something that can be sustainable. Then he comes into this year as a monster season. But now, if you look at the last five games, according to Elite Prospects, he's given up 21 goals against, 133 saves, with a .864 save percentage, which is nothing like what we were seeing at the start of the year from Campbell. But then, if you want to tell me the last five games, due to the opponents and the way the schedule has been, you know, spread it out. You want to go for a 10 game spin? I'll do that too. So over 10 games, he's given up 32 goals against 269 saves for an 894 save percentage, which is also nothing near what we saw at the start of the year. My problem with Campbell is we're only at the halfway point. It feels like we're getting close to the playoffs. Really, we're at like game like, what, 43 at this point. We still got a lot of season left. And I know... We're bringing up goalies because Mrazik was just named to get, you know, two of the next three starts here. He's going to be starting tomorrow night against the Detroit Red Wings, and he's going to be starting the Monday game – or no, uh, sorry, the following game against the Devils. Campbell's going to get the game on Monday. Um, So, you know, they're kind of going back to that 1A, 1B situation. But with Jack Campbell, I haven't seen his bulk of work in the NHL over time to have the confidence in him to take me through the playoffs. I'm not saying that he's going to fall off. I'm not saying that, you know, this is, you know, a backup goalie. He's a great goalie. He is so fun to watch. You know, you know, I'm a huge goalie guy. It's my favorite position in the sport. I just, I just don't know. I don't know if he's the right guy to take this team to the next level. Now, if Campbell and Mrazic do a 1A, 1B kind of situation, they ride through and bounce off each other. Then I think that's your answer. I just can't rely on Campbell saying, you know, this is our bona fide number one. When, you know, his work span hasn't, we're going off what he's done this season, guys. Toronto media is acting like this is some Carey Price. You know, he's an older goalie. I said he's picked in the first round, but, you know, his bulk of games with the Dallas Stars and the LA Kings, he hasn't really had a full season in the National Hockey League. And what we've seen with goalies throughout history, like Andrew Hammond, Garrett Sparks, they have these electric starts sometimes. Matt Murray is the biggest example, two-time Stanley Cup winner. And then he was in the AHL this year. We see these goalies come in. They have such a dominant start. And then the regression as their, you know, their bulk of work over time is evaluated. We see that, you know, the top of their career was their highlight. So with this guy, I think he's getting that last, you know, kind of breakout opportunity here with the Leafs. And I'm rooting for him. You can't root against Jack Campbell. That guy's interviews, like, it just makes you love him. Like, he is probably my favorite Leaf off the ice. And that goes in terms of the whole team, including Matthews. You know he just looks like he has so much fun every day and he's so positive and i love how he always takes the criticism on himself that is something that you know it's i hardly blame jack campbell for the losses but the fact that he blames himself shows me that he truly cares about this team and i love him for that and i'm rooting for him so do not take me as i'm wishing anything bad on campbell or i'm delegating his skill level he's fantastic he's a rock at the back i just think you know in terms of contract extensions, a lot of people were saying, you know, he's going to get that 6 million type range. I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. Like, you see what I'm saying, Dan? Like I don't feel comfortable giving him that extension for 6.25 or something. And after, you know, just this one year.
1: Hasn't, hasn't fully shown it yet. Hasn't fully shown that he uh, that we're hundred percent confident in him and uh, that he deserves that kind of money yet. Like he's shown spurts of it. But it's, it needs to be consistent. It needs to be day in, day out. It needs to be someone you can rely on. Have them in the in the net and you know you can rely on them or like trust them to bail you out here and there. Not like letting a couple shaky ones. Like you have to have that like reassurance almost in your mind as like a player on this team to make you feel more comfortable um, playing in these game situations that you have someone that you know you can count on behind you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I know Campbell's a a rock star when he's on his game, there is, you know, this guy played like Vasilevsky level this year. Like he has, there's no denying that. This guy's been a monster from the first puck drop on the year, but you know, in terms of, I see a lot of people are saying, you know, move out pieces to give him that extension. I'm getting kind of finicky because now I know right now is probably not the best time to be having this conversation because we are seeing his first kind of, I guess, slump in this season, which is like, that's not fair to him. Uh, We should have had this conversation, you know, when he was doing well as well, you know, to like, you know, it's easy to delegate on him now, but uh, you know, let's get the goalie talk out of the way. Let's fast forward to Saturday. So tomorrow night's game against the Detroit Red Wings. It is confirmed. Peter Morazic will be starting. My expectation is for the Detroit Red Wings, it will be Alex Nadelkovic. Uh, He was, I think, third in uh, rookie of the year votes last year. He had a monster season with the Carolina hurricanes uh, gets brought over in a trade to the Detroit Red Wings to be, I guess, their new goalie for the future until Sebastian Kosa is ready. So, guys, uh, you know, it's kind of our usual tradition here. Let's look at the goalie matchup first. Uh, who are you guys leaning to, uh, Peter Morazic or Alex Nedeljkovic? tomorrow night? Let's start with you,
2: Joe. I want to lead towards Morazic. You know, he played a game earlier this week, right? It was Monday, right? Yeah, he played the game on Monday, looked good. Uh, I want to say, like, trust him a little more than last time when we spoke. And, you know, the Red Wings, they're doing all right, honestly, compared to how they were last year. But I think they, like, they don't even have a positive record. So it kind of says, like, they're still trying to figure their pieces out. And when that happens, I just think the team as a whole, let alone the goalie, is just not going to work perfectly. So. The Leafs are coming off a win, and Morazic's coming off a win, so I'm putting two and two together. What about you, Dan?
1: Um, it's, it's a tough one for me just because Morazic hasn't gotten that many starts, hasn't been uh, in these situations, but he's playing his old team that always seems to like light a fire under everyone when you're playing against a team that traded you away or whatever happened there. Um, but Nadelkovic, he's gotten the majority of the starts for Detroit, and um, yeah, even though he hasn't been like great, I just think like that he's had that more experience. It's gonna be it's gonna be evenly matched, just because yeah. Again, uh, Mrazek hasn't played too many of our games, but again, I'm gonna hope I'm gonna lean towards Mrazek. I hope fingers crossed that he he uh, performs well, but uh, it's gonna be close.
0: You know, Detroit is a weird team because. They started off the year, they were really exceeding expectations. And that was due to their young talent of Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. And, you know, it was more goaltending was kind of the controversial topic because they have Thomas Grice, who's a league veteran. Uh, we know what he brings to any NHL team. But Nedeljkovic, you know, they brought him over. Uh, they paid, I think it was like a second round pick and other stuff in a package. So it was a pretty high fee. Uh, but I think it was a great move for Detroit at the time. But then at the you know at the start of the year, Nadalovich didn't really find his footing. Um, I think he was like rocking an eight eight nine save percentage for a little bit at the start there. But then he's really started to find find that Carolina form which he found at the end of last year, and you know he's really turned his game around. But now it's weird because now the the exact opposite has been done with this Detroit Red Wings team than what we saw at the start of the year. So now their offense is a little bit more you know stalled. They're ranked twenty fourth. Um, their shots on goal are twenty fifth their power play percentage is 29th league wide. Their shooting percentage is tied at 18th and uh, they're relatively decent at face-offs They're 13th, but that just shows you, you know, this team went from a very, um, you know, wild card type race team here to they've fallen back to maybe a lottery team if they do fall as hard as they are right now. But, You know, Dylan Larkin's having a monster season. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi as well. I know he's had a lot of controversy this year, given his vaccination status. Um, But, you know, he's he's tearing it up when he plays. This guy has been a monster. Uh, I mentioned Lucas Raymond and Marit Sider. These two young guys on Detroit are so fun to watch. They're absolute studs. Marit Sider is, if not, rookie of the year right now. I know Trevor Zegers is making a huge name for himself. He is probably my favorite rookie Moritz plays all the tough minutes he's physical and he has the skill level that he is going to be a dominant defenseman in years to come and you know credit to Stevie Y. they were slammed when they picked them but man that pick is paying off so slam dunk pick right there but my key to the game in this one is going to be the power play the Leafs power play is now ranked number one league wide you know that's I guess that's expected after what happened in Anaheim that power play was clicking on all cylinders three goals was huge for that team um you know that team win right there but you know this is not a cheap power play so it's it's about time that you know one of the more expensive power play units in the national hockey league started clicking right like you see the contracts all those guys are making especially now with morgan riley's extension that's an expensive power play one of the highest in the league so Eventually, with time, it was going to happen. Eventually, with time, this power play was going to find its stride. You know, last year was a huge problem. Remember when a lot of people were talking about what's wrong with this Leafs power play? But now we're getting that power play. So, see, this is what I mean. People are delegating this Leafs roster. Like, yes, Tampa Bay, Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. But people are forgetting this team, even if the names on paper don't tell you it, they are a better Leafs hockey team than they were last year. And I will die on the throne saying that they have the power play clicking at a percentage that I never expected so far. So Joe, let's send it over to you. Do you agree? Like how, do, how does your uh, look on the power play right now?
2: I, I have no complaints. Honestly, I had to go through last season with all my non-Mapley fans ripping me to shreds because of that huge drought. And you know, this year when the big four are clicking last night, I think, Austin Matthews not scoring a power play goal last night kind of gives me and should give a lot of people reassurance that, you know, he's not the team. The team is built around the big four and they're all producing number one power play. It just looks like everything's adding up the way the Leafs, the organization wants it to. So going into tomorrow, you know, I'm not sure about Detroit's special units, but one thing I can be sure of without knowing anything else is that I have full confidence in the Leafs power play. What about you, Dan? Um, I'm just
1: gonna say one thing too. Uh, not only is it big built around the big four, man, like every little piece of this team right now has a role. Like the big four obviously put the points on the board and they do everything right. But the, uh, the whole rest of the team, man, like every part of it's like, have been amazing this year. I've been really impressed, but with the power play, if you, uh, listen back on the last episode, I said it myself, no matter what penalty kill you throw in front of this Leaf team, their power play is so strong, so, like, have so much offensive firepower, like, they can score on any power play. You were saying Anaheim, what, they were, like, top three on the penalty kill, What we scored all three of our goals on the power play against them because we performed, like, exactly what I was saying. So I had no doubts. I already knew if they played the way they did that it was going to happen, and it did. And also, touching back on what Josh was saying about Zegras, um, <laughs> I was saying he might show something flashy against the Leafs, but it looks like he waited a game and pulled off that pretty sick uh, Michigan goal against the Habs. I'm sure everybody, Aaron, isn't too happy about that, but it was sick to watch. Yeah, he's, he's something else. But, yeah.
0: All right, so oh, uh, here's a Here's something I just realized. So Detroit actually has a game tonight, meaning they're playing a back-to-back, which is always good for, you know, the other team's favor. Alex Nadelkovich might start tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins, meaning the Leafs have a chance of seeing Calvin Pickard on Saturday night. Or if they roll Nadelkovich in two back-to-back games, Nadelkovich has played back-to-backs before, both with Detroit and Carolina, so it's not unheard of, but... Calvin Pickard just played a game on January 27th. So, um, you know, it was a three goals against on with 18 saves. They lost to Chicago. He came in relief of Ndalkovich. Um, so he has gotten NHL action this year. Does that change your opinion on anything quickly before uh, we head to the probably the most interesting part of this episode coming up with a potential trade?
1: I'm just going to say straight up, just because of like, I'm not like saying anything biased. Our like the Leaf team is very, very good. I doubt they would start their backup against the Leafs. I think who are they playing today? Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh's good too.
1: Pittsburgh's also very strong as well. But so if you're saying that Dalkovich has played two games in a row, I guess depending on like what happens tonight, if he's not too tired, I would still assume we would be seeing him tomorrow. Just based on like the fact that you're playing two very strong teams. But if we are seeing uh, Pickard, and I have actually haven't really heard of that guy, but um, obviously, if he's a goalie in the NHL wants to prove something, you gotta expect anything. Can't really take it easy on anyone.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Dan. Uh, for the goalie matchup, I'm still gonna put my bet on Murazic, whether it's Ned or Pickard. But uh, as the game as a whole, yeah, it's still, I, I really think the Leafs right now with the power play and everything, like every little piece is connecting right now, I, goalie, forward defense, I really don't think the Leafs should focus on their opponent because if they play their game, they will perform amazing.
0: All right, so I see both you guys aren't really too fond of Calvin Picard, but uh, I don't know if you guys know this, Picard was actually a Maple Leaf. Uh, I do
2: remember that. I, yeah, I, I... So Sound he is played fun.
0: mostly with the Marlies. Um, in 33 games with the Marlies, he had a 2.31 goals against average with a 9.18 save percentage. He only played one game with the Leafs, though, where he had a 3.83 goals against average with an 8.57 save percentage in 2017-2018. Then he went to Philadelphia, transferred over to Arizona, from Arizona went to Detroit, and he's been with Detroit ever since bouncing between the AHL and the NHL. So, you know, he's had an adventurous NHL career, but definitely not, you know, uh, a guy to, you know, watch out for as, uh, you know, he's bounced around the league. But just to finish off this, you know, little preview of tomorrow night's game. The Detroit Red Wings are going to be an interesting test for this Maple Leafs team. And I'm saying this to end this off because um, the Detroit Red Wings kind of have this reputation league-wide of being kind of pesky. You know, they're hard to play against. They're physical. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's always like one of their players uh, either being suspended or on like some kind of watch on social media for doing yeah. something. I remember when I think it was like Dylan Mark can just punch a guy straight up in the face after getting hit. Like it's a, it was a, a full out barnhouse down there at the start of the year. Um, but, you know, they have no problem like gooning it up, I guess. They're a tough team to play against. So, I don't know. I'm excited for this one. You know, uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing Richie or Clifford as uh, in practice today. They were skating with the extras. So, uh, you know, I think it's just going to be a pure Leafs team against, uh, you know, a physical kind of Detroit team that's sliding down the standings. So, if there's fireworks, there's fireworks. But let's produce our own firework here on this episode and announce that. According to sources in Chicago, the Maple Leafs have shown interest, well, reportedly interested, in Blackhawks defenseman Calvin DeHaan. Joseph, start us off. Do you see the fit? Do you like the fit? And what is something you could see going back the other way?
2: Uh, you know what? I like. I mean, I don't necessarily like the fit a lot, only because we have a lot of left-handed defensemen. And you know, his stats this season aren't very appealing. He only has a goal and three assists. He's negative 14. You know, it, it's not something you specifically or do you distinctly want to give away a lot to gain. Um, like I, I've 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 let it be known that I'm not very fond of Justin Hall, but I would still prefer. Justin Hall to be on the team rather than trading him away for Dejan.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what exactly it is. The Leafs are like really seeing in this guy because like I also took a look back at his stats like, yeah, he had like a couple good seasons like in he had 25 points in 2016, but like again this year almost 40 games is 4 points and maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe he's good like on the back end, but minus 14, like I'm not sure what they're seeing. And we already have a bunch of lefties, like Joe said. I think there's a a lot of like uh, right-handed prospects or uh, just other defensemen we can look for that could like play on the right side of the D zone or right side of the blue line with uh, someone else. That would just be a better fit. So I'm not sure. Maybe they see something we don't. Maybe if we do sign them, it'll, it'll surprise us. But yeah, from from what I've seen and from looking at his stats, he doesn't like seem like anything that's that's appealing to me.
0: Uh, Calvin DeHaan is, like you said, a left-handed defenseman, Joe. He is actually versatile, though he could play on the right side. Um, he's a six-one defenseman, one hundred and ninety-five pounds, at thirty years old. His contract is affordable, I guess, in the sense that I guess Chicago would have to eat some money. So I don't think it'd be like Richie going back because then Chicago would be just eating caps like cap space for like I have no idea why they would do that um Calvin DeHaan's a guy that is going to get interest as we approach the deadline through multiple other NHL teams he's a veteran he's more known for his defensive work I haven't got the opportunity to look at his full advanced analytics yet so I can't go and touch up on that topic but from what I do know going off experience and watching DeHaan play both live and on television is he's very defensive defenseman he's very poised at the back um You know, he's not extremely offensive. He does have certain moments, but really if it's not secondary apples or, uh, you know, I guess shots that somehow find their way into the net, he's not scoring goals and he's not picking up points. Uh, His plus minus, like you said, Dan, is minus 14. Uh, In my opinion, it's kind of hard to delegate his defensive work if, you know, he's playing on Chicago who gave up a shitload of goals um, at the start of the year. So, you know, he's he's a tough asset to talk about because if this Leafs team did ever have an injury to the left side, I would love to see DeHaan in the lineup. The only problem is, like I said, I would prefer a right-handed guy. I've said it multiple times, a guy like Justin Braun, who's been affordable. You know, there's so many, Carrier as well on Nashville. Uh, Even if you want to go like cheap, cheap and just, you know, minor depth, Greg Pattern, the guy that we just played on the Anaheim Ducks, you know, he's not a guy that's in their lineup every night. I'm sure you can fetch something for him cheap. And there you go. You, this team needs depth. It lacks depth. That's the overall look at it. We saw when Lilligren got hurt last game. I don't know about you guys, but I was nervous because now that Lilligren's gone on the right side, who's coming up? It's going to be Dalstrom, right? So we're going back to another lefty-on-lefty pairing. And two of our pairings are going to be lefties-on-lefties. And with DeHaan, you know, maybe Justin Hall is the piece that goes back the other way. And then you have three pairings of lefties-on-lefties, which I don't think is a great move. Uh, we've talked about how oppositions plan for playing with the Leafs and their are uh, kind of, you know, uh, like, you know, how they defend as a unit with three lefty-on-lefty pairings because it is certainly an undervalued change. And, you know, some people uh, look at it a little bit more than others. Dan, from your playing experience, do you see a factor in that? Because, you know, it's been a wide uh, talked-about topic all over social media.
1: Playing two left-handed defensemen?
0: Like, playing, like, let's say if you're in a game and you're playing a team that has a lot of lefty-on-lefty matchups at the back, do you find that that changes the way your play style and how you guys plan for oppositions?
1: We don't plan for it differently, but, like, you can obviously tell that, like, they, like, you'd obviously want a right-handed and a left-handed defenseman playing a pair together. So it's usually just like that. They couldn't find another right-handed defenseman that's like, that could fill that role or something. So they throw a left-handed defenseman there just because it is a little awkward maybe to get to the side of the blue line, like to get your backhand on the boards rather than your forehand, like try to stop some rushes. Someone's coming down on you one-on-one. You have to reach across rather than staying on your side. Just a lot of like different factors that most defensemen would usually play like their, strong side so left hand would play the left side right hand would play the right side so it is a little awkward i think you can tell for a defenseman to play their offside so you definitely prefer them to be a right and a left
0: yeah and this is a team that we've seen for a couple years you know it's gotten a lot better this season but they've had troubles with breakouts right like we we've seen in many times especially in the playoffs they just they can't seem to break out properly and i'm just wondering if maybe that has a factor in it right like we go into the boston series I love Dermott, but, you know, Dermott has trouble sometimes in terms of breakouts. Like, we just saw it, like, a couple games in the recent stretch here where the breakouts have caused the Leafs negatively, right? So, you know, I would love to see a Justin Braun or a Carrier or even, you know, AHL, kind of NHL fringe players, like a William Borgian, who I said on my Twitter, is maybe a guy to look at. Because you're not going to go out there and get a Klingberg. Like, let's just be real. Like, you're not going to get a top name. Chitron doesn't make sense here. I don't know why. TSN had some talking point between Klingberg and Chitrin. Like, no, no, like, no, that is, I wish, but no, like, let's just be realistic here. Um, but, you know, that's all from us today, uh, us here today. Uh, thank you guys for joining me again. Um, any last words before we end the episode?
2: I say it every time, go leaves go. That's all I got to say. Exactly. Fingers
1: crossed for this next upcoming game. Go Leafs Go! Hope for the best.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out our social pages for any updates, or if you want to be featured on the show or have a question for us to answer, feel free to reach out. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Go Leafs Go! It's going to be a fun one tomorrow night, and I'm ready. The boys are ready. Let's do it. See you tomorrow night.